This morning, we have the privilege of having some visitors with us, particularly a gentleman who I know in my community and who labored in my community in South Florida for many, many, many years as headmaster of one of the Westminster's uh, academies in Fort Lauderdale. He is here. Your name, please? Ken Ken, Exactly. Ken and his wife is Dr. Marco's sister, who wants to welcome them also in our presence today. Last week, or actually we are during this week, we are in a series of messages called Encounters with Jesus. And two weeks ago we talked about a lady who kind of snuck away to the well in the middle of the day so that nobody would notice her. However, she met there a Jewish rabbi that had removed every obstacle off the way so that she may see God and receive God's blessing. Last week, we talked about a, uh, the real Nick at night, uh, how Nicodemus actually snuck at night to kind of uh, speak to Jesus about who Jesus was and what was Jesus' agenda, and Jesus actually made it very clear to Nick that night. Jesus made it very clear that he was not a political revolutionary savior, but his kingdom was from heaven, and his revolution was a spiritual revolution of our souls and our lives. Today I want to talk to you about a fisherman, a fisherman whose nickname was Word of Thunder, a fisherman who many have attributed a very... Uh, kind of risky, out there personality. A businessman, though, who had his fisheries not only in the Lake of Galilee, in the Sea of Galilee, but also by the city of Caesarea, where he had his second home. Some of us think of people, of fisher, uh, fishermen of those days, as perhaps the fishermen of these days, which some tend to be poor in nature. However, this fisherman had a company, and this fisherman had some outlets, and he was not poor. He owned homes by the beach, and he owned homes by the lake. One day, this fisherman was actually uh, fishing and managing his business when this individual approached him and says, Hey, follow me, because I will make you fisherman of hearts and people. And Peter, as we know him today, actually left his nets, left whatever he was doing with his nets, and decided to follow Jesus. One day he was with Jesus, and, and, and Peter saw that the crowd was large, you know, and they were following Jesus, and, and it was about time to eat, and it was getting dark. And Peter, Andrew, and James approached the Lord and said, Hey, Lord, uh, it is late. Why don't you send these people away? so that they would get something to eat. And the Lord, like always, says, hey, why? You feed them. They only had some bread and a couple fish. And yet, the fishermen saw how over more than 5,000, perhaps 15,000 people were fed miraculously that afternoon. And this is where we catch our scripture this morning. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 23. Immediately after this, 
Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. Well, he sent the people home. After he, after he sending the people home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Who, why do you have so little faith, Jesus said to him. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back on the, into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. This is the word of the Lord. Our text is not unique to Matthew. Actually, uh, we find it also in John and we find it also in Mark. And in all three Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and John, that narrates kind of the story, they say that it was very late. Actually, it was the darkest time of the night. It was the darkest time of the night and the ocean had picked up, the waves had picked up, and these people were seafaring people. They were not landlocked people like myself. They knew about the ocean. They knew about the roughness of the water. They knew the risk involved. They knew the dangers involved in these rough waters. And as they were panicking, as they were in disorder, as they were desperate, and as they were feeling the emptiness of sheer fear was entering their bones, they see in the distance a shade, a shadow, a figure. Mark. The gospel writer, interestingly enough, adds the little phrase. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ who was passing them. However, back in Matthew, we see the disciples in the boat. And they have this panic. They have this reaction. And you see, one of them decided to, to, to talk to the figure out there. Because the figure has spoken to them. And the figure said, hey, it is I am here. And when they heard the word I am, they were reminded of the great I am of the Old Testament. As Yahweh revealed himself to Moses. I am here. But you see, water walkers. Water walkers are able to distinguish between real faith and foolishness. You see, foolishness is being impetuous and, and, and not really following God's will. And, and, and water walkers 
because they are afraid and they know what fear is all about. They want to make sure that when they step out of the boat is in faith and it's not in foolishness. So Peter calls out, hey, Lord, verifying, if this is you, you tell me to go to you walking on waters. And Jesus replies, yes, it is I. Come on over. I don't know if I would have walked over. You see, because if you want to walk on water, the first thing you got to do is got to get out of the boat. Right? And I'm quoting here a, a book by one of my early professors, Dr. John Ortberg, uh, who wrote a book with that title. And I thank him for those lessons as he was practicing the book with us, now I realized in class. And John really brought it home. I mean, people, this is a fisherman who knows that the water is rough, who knows the danger out there, who knows what's going to happen if he goes out there, typically. But he's not foolish. He made sure that it was Jesus who was called, because it was that Jesus who moments ago had just multiplied and fed a, a multitude. It was that Jesus who days before had risen. It was Jesus who had made these people to walk. It was Jesus who had healed the lame. And if it's you, Lord, call me and I'll walk on water. I'm scratching and I'm itching because I don't know if I would do it. But I know that if I want to be a water walker, I got to step out of that boat. I got to get out of that boat if I want to be a water walker. You see, water walkers do discern between faith and fullness. And if it's God calling you, if it's God asking you, if it's just that nagging feeling of the Spirit of God... Telling you, go, do, be, go, do, be. Then you got to take a deep breath and step out of that boat and into that water. And, and guess what? For the first time in history of humankind, a regular human being actually walked on water and he was not in Wisconsin in the middle of February. I have walked on water, solid as this, <laughs> in the middle of February. But stepping out into an ocean that's wild and is raging and is dangerous, I don't know. Because you see, there is fear, and that's what's paralyzing us. But real water walkers see fear as an opportunity to grow. Oh, yeah. They don't allow fear to freeze them in, in, in their tracks. They don't allow fear to paralyze them because they recognize that fear and faith go hand in hand in what's called discipleship. Yeah. You guys have been brave by leaving behind three historical congregations, your comfortable zone, and you have walked on water a little bit, and you're still above the waters, you have embraced some of the new stuff. You have embraced some of the old stuff brought forth, brought forth. But yet, fear is an opportunity for us to grow. You see? There is nothing, nothing that can stop you from doing God's will if you know it is God who's calling you. 
There you see in the middle of the water, here is Peter walking in, on water. Now, mind you, this is not a flat water. This water was raging. So as Peter is walking, can you imagine him slapping the waves? Some of these people walking off on the waves and jumping off. But there was a moment. Yeah, there was a moment that, that he, he looked at the waves and he got distracted with the wind. And, and he remembered the fear and forgot the faith. And he began to sink. But immediately he knew where his rescue was. Immediately he knew where to cry out and to whom to cry out. And he said, Lord, save me. And immediately the Lord reached out and picked him up out of the water. And I know it was a conversation between them two very privately. The Lord said, oh, come on, Peter. Little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? You see, water walkers know that walking with Jesus takes Risks and danger. However, I can't seem to forget that if we label Peter as failing because he sank, I can think of 11 others who were greater failures by not stepping out of the boat. I can think of 11 others who did not have that personal, intimate experience with Jesus in the middle of the water. I can think of 11 others who, 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 who bargained their faith and stayed comfortably in safety in the boat. What is your boat? Is it your economic security? Is it the fear of losing it all? Is it a way of thinking about church and doing church? Is it an unhealthy relationship with someone or something? Is it a label placed on you? Is it a pending doom that's creating fear? But guess what? If you want to walk on water, my dear sister and my dear brother, you have to get out of the boat. Now, why do you have to get out of the boat? Well, one of the first reasons that I can think of is because there is something inside of you and there is something inside of me. I want to call it the Spirit of God. That tells us and, and just puts in us that energy and that concern that there is something in life that is greater than just sitting safely in this boat. There is something greater about abandoning ourselves into the high calling of Jesus' adventure. Another reason may be that we want to get out of the boat because we hear the call and we are responding to God to really get out of the boat and thus we dare to get out of the boat without fear. Others may want to get out of the boat because they seek a deeper and closer intimate relationship with Jesus. And they want to walk closer with Jesus. There were 11 who didn't. Or perhaps more. I don't know. But those who didn't will never know the bliss, will never know the joy, will never know that moment of being able to walk on water and not sink, sinking and then getting up again and walking again on the water towards the boat and getting on the boat again. They will never know that. They will never have the experience of having that intimate mentorship with Jesus Christ as they were sinking. And he whispered to Peter's ear, 
the words of encouragement and what he needed to do to keep on walking on waters. They will never know the experience of success in spite of so little failure. You see, failure is not what shapes you. Failure does not shape your life. Your response to failure is what shapes your life, not failure itself. And Peter, though, though he was sinking, he knew where to call out, and he knew who was his mentor. He knew who was his Lord. He knew where the power was, and he was empowered again to continue walking on water. But my dear sister and my dear brother, no matter what reason you may have to walk on water, no matter what reason I may have to walk on water, I think the best reason for you and I to get out of the boat and walk on water is because Jesus is in the water. He is not in the boat, my dear beloved. Jesus is not in the boat. Jesus is out on the water. And he's calling you and he's calling me to be water walkers in southern Cobb County. He is not in the boat. Jesus is in the water. And as Mark says, he made believe that he was passing. Are you going to let him pass by? Or are you going to join Jesus and step out of the boat and be a water walker? So if you want to follow Jesus, you got to get out of the boat. He is on the waters. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your call to step out of our comfort zones again and be your disciples in a radical way that we may be able to step out of our comfort zones follow you who are in the water and become water walkers as you empower us in this community. Through Christ our Lord, we thank you. Amen. And amen.